Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Bill, special week for you. Special week and a very special day. Uh, yeah. Today's my 54th wedding anniversary. Wow. Wow. 54. That is nice. Even when the words roll off my mouth, I just go, that cannot be true. Yeah. I accept yeah. it. Oh, that's, uh, that's, there it is. So you have had a few highlights of uh, oh anniversaries over the years. Yeah, we have, you know... I was walking this morning, and I just, again, I know it sounds almost corny, but, guys, I have been unbelievably blessed with a good wife. Hmm. That's right. Unbelievably blessed. Yeah. Early in my dating of Grace, I do remember very clearly that if she were to become my wife, I would see that as a great favor of God in my life. Hmm. I just, wow. I just sensed that early on in our dating. And when she did become my wife, I went. It just gave me a sense that God was going to do something special in my life because he gave me grace to marry. Wow. Hmm. Uh, and 54 years, uh, it's proven true. Oh, amen. Yeah. Amen. So uh, three children and then... Uh, nine grandchildren. Nine grandchildren. Wow. But it's taken her 54 years for her to convince you to go get a massage with her. <laughs> that's that's there you go. Wow. That maybe we wouldn't want to yeah. up this oh, morning. We're going to bring it up. Oh, you know. Come on. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. Oh, man. You're going to have a good day. Yes. This is excellent. Yes. Yeah, so well, pray for Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Pray for <laughs> He's Bill. He's not sure what the massage yeah. feels like. So. But this is the these are kind of the vistas that your lady has brought you into. Absolutely, these are the blessings that you said. I told her I would do it. I've had massages before. Okay, this is going to be a little different. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least it won't be like the Turkish massage I had last November. That's right. Yeah, that 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 one I missed. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we had quite a memorable experience in Istanbul. Okay, we are continuing with um, the themes of Ephesians, and right. we're in Ephesians 2, around verse 11. And David, maybe you'd read that yeah. for us. Yeah, I'm going to start in the ESV, because Bill's in that. Uh, Bruce is in some other kind of translation that apparently <laughs> I'm not holy enough to um, even know about. So It's okay, David. Yeah, thank you. Throw into thank it. you. Okay, verse 11. Therefore remember that one time, You Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace." who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Wow, loaded again. This guy, he, he knows how to put a lot in a short space. <laughs> There's so much here. Yeah. Uh, so what, what themes uh, stand out to you in these few verses today? Well, uh, the ones that I would like to have us just really concentrate on start in verse 13. And, and that is the reality that it is the blood of Jesus that is the key to our relationship with God and each other. Yeah. That, that to me is so important. I, we can, and we're rightly when we say it's Jesus, but here he's being very specific. It's the blood of Jesus. Yes. Yeah, not just the character, not, not just the teaching. Right, not just the man who walked on earth. Yeah. But the man who died for our sin and shed his blood. That's the basis of our peace with God and each other. So that, he didn't just preach peace. He bought it. A, that's right. With his life. That's right. Yeah. And, and that to me is like, let's not miss that theme. Yeah. Now, now that I know that I'm a Gentile... And I have access to God and the promises of God because of Jesus. But let's not forget why. It's yeah. because of the blood. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that when talking about peace, um, we are often at war with ourselves, let alone other people. Right. And then here Paul is emphasizing the warring or the conflict between Jews and Gentiles. Well, that's everyone. And so... What Jesus has done is he's, he's purchased a peace for us, given us a heart of peace by his sacrifice, and in the process has caused us to come together with people we would have never otherwise. Um, because we would war against them. And I think about all the prejudice and the racism and all that kind of stuff in the world today. Those who know Jesus and have a heart of peace ought to be first in line to that reconciliation. Good for you, Bruce. What a powerful thing to say. It, it drew me to this, these verses in John 14. He said, Peace I live with, leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Uh, I got a funny story. Years ago, as you remember, I was on a television program, and that was <laughs> yeah. the portion that I got to share. And I was sitting with the person who was leading the program, and uh, we were just talking about golf and family, and then the lady would count it down, five, four, three, two, one, and he just jumped up, praised God, went into this, and then got all through <laughs> that for about 10 seconds, and he sat down, and we started talking about golf again. I just froze. I was like, ah, where am I? But... But back to this theme of what Jesus does. My peace, he says, I give to you. My peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the peace that begins through the blood of Jesus begins in me. And and it's so interesting, isn't it? We think the world being in conflict. Look at the church is always in conflict. Yeah. It's just that the fighting over stuff, always in conflict. More denominations than we can imagine. Over what? over a misunderstanding of the purpose of the blood. It's to bring us personally to peace so that we can be at peace with others. And all of that conflict, people don't like to admit it, but all of that conflict is an admission that they are not at peace with God. Interesting and troubling. Exactly. Isn't it? That 
uh, Christians today, especially in North America, but other countries too, are, are known for, uh, like, again, their conflict with others, their prejudice toward others, rather than their love toward others. And, and here in this passage, Paul is saying, no, if, if you were that far off and if you were that distant and he's able to bring you near by, by his work on the cross, he's able to give you peace, then one of the biggest things, realities about us is that we are ambassadors now of reconciliation. Amen. And uh, we, it's a very um, disturbing that we have this kind of track record, and we've, we've earned it as a people. It's unfortunate. One of the things, even more than ever, that we're going to need right now is this peace, which offers something that I don't often take advantage of, but it's a, a gentle conviction and a gentle standing in the truth, knowing the truth, feeling the implications of the truth, uh, being that even in like in Romans 5.10, while we were still enemies, God loved us. And he's giving us a piece of bringing us in who once were enemies and now saying, and, and these who, yeah, maybe they're still enemies, but I love them. I want to bring them in. And so we don't have to offset the truth of the word, even if we're called bigots, um, for, for loving. It is not the same to say, I love you, therefore I agree with everything you, you do. You can say, I love you. I believe in this truth. I want it for you. Now, their response is going to be their response, but we can fully love them. And that's one of the things this peace offers is that standing of, of gentle conviction that says, this is what Jesus did for me. It's the truth. I want it for you. If my heart is troubled and afraid, I have no place for you. Right. Because I'm, right. I'm always going to be preoccupied with me. So when he offers me this peace of my stuff, being resolved in my relationship with him, I'm reconciled to God, then I have place for you. And then we have place for each other, and we experience peace. And and uh, it's interesting, he says here, that he abolished something in order for this to be true. See, what Israel did is they became the people of promise, and that created in them pride. And the law became the reason that they did not fellowship with the dogs called the Gentiles. Hmm. And, and he abolished that. And he said, Jews, don't trust any of that. Don't rely on any of that. I'm going to abolish that because you are going to be at peace with me too. And he says, not only did I bring peace to those who were far off, I brought peace to those who were very near to me, hmm. the yes. people of my promise. That's right. So both of us needed the blood of Jesus, whether we're Jew or Gentile. And like you said a while ago, that's everybody. That's it. And he, he comes back to that theme that he started in Ephesians 1 of the fact that the spirit of peace is dwelling in you now. Amen. And that is because he has made you a holy temple. And he said in Ephesians 1, you are holy and righteous, blameless before the Lord. And now he's saying, wow, you are all, all of you who used to be at war, are, are finding that place you talk about, that temple, because the spirit of peace dwells in you Amen. by the blood of Christ. That's exactly what he says here in this verse. He says, verse 18, for through him we both have access in one spirit to yeah. the Father. Yeah. And, and as you said a while ago, Bruce, it kind of makes our hearts sad 
when we realize how much conflict we have within the body of Christ, and then how much conflict the body of Christ has with the world, because we're not at peace. Yes. We do not receive from Jesus this gift. It's like his grace. That's right. If I don't understand that I already have his grace and I can be at peace, I'm going to live for me, and you will always be someone that I work against. Tragic realities. I see. I don't think most people would agree with what we're talking about because they would think, well, if you're at peace, then you're at rest, and rest in the sense that you're not doing anything. But what you're saying is... If you are not at peace, you will not think of others, and anything that you do that is for others will be really kind of motivated out of what you're trying to get for yourself. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. So this, these things all tie together. Yes, they do. Um, well, many people say, I want to engage the culture. Well, the culture's already engaged you. Our, our responsibility is to enjoy the experience of the settled conviction you talk about, that quiet conviction of peace so that when they do engage, we can love them and stand with them. It's a great privilege to have this peace. 